target. Fantasy football. Round one. Fight! Today on Target, it's a good day because not only do we have Marcus Grant of NFL.com joining us in the very first hour, it is going to be game time as it always is. So it'll be a fun day of Joe Pizapia going head to head with Marcus Grant to see who can be the victor. Joe is coming off a win over Eric Young last week, so he's got to defend that title. Talk about some preseason action from last night, what our takeaways were. Updates on some injuries, suspensions, all sorts of news. Uh, letting Joe know that yesterday was quite fun for one Mr. Jake Seeley at the Virginia Speeds Hall of Fame. Although, at the same time, after listening back to the show, I don't know if I could ever leave you alone again. <laughs> well, it's funny. Well, first of all, first of all, I really do want to hear about that. I know we got a short segment, but, you know, we were having a gay old time there. And I assume you don't want to leave me alone because... I'm just magical radio, and then me and no, because I don't together. trust you. Trust now, me. I now we I had know. A wonderful program. We in fact did some things just because we thought you were listening, just to get at your goat a little, because that would be a good time, and the listeners enjoyed it. Because I heard a lot of people tweeting at me telling how much they enjoyed it. So I don't know. Maybe you should take some more time off, Seely. No, see, this is what it is. It's like I think that now, if anybody were to come up to you or like come up to the studio and be like. Man, that Jake Seeley, man, let me tell you something about him. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, he is a piece I, of crap. Again, is, I'm, I'm your defender, and I, <laughs> it's, and, you know, <laughs> there's not many of us, but I'm your guy. I'm your champion. I am your, uh, if you have to go into, you know, one of those trial by combat situations, I'm your dude, Seeley. You know that. There goes my hero. <laughs> I'm excited. Take the it, take that's going to be tough today. I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a little intimidated. I'm more intimidated going against Marcus than I am against Eric, which you would think the other way around, especially because I was right next to Eric. So God forbid I actually did beat him, which I did. Who well, knows? So that's what it was. It's I just mean, he might a table. It was an intimidating presence because you were worried about what might happen. And I think if you're yeah. talking about like what you have to go up against, uh, you know, love Eric. But I like that yes, you said I, I beat Eric for the title. I kind of like that. The sound of that sounded really good. I, I kind of want to go and cut a promo now on him. Yeah, you should have taken the belt from him. <laughs> He's just right there. No, no, I'm not going to get involved. Number Hand one, I like Eric way too much. Number two, uh, that that guy's pretty. I mean, I, I consider he's got a new a belt. Tough guy, he's got he the NXT tag team. Champ. He does. So, I mean, you know, he does. We were emailing about it just uh, yesterday, you know, and I got to say, it's uh, it's look, dude. I, I like I said, you're doing a great job here, and I told you this off here. You've done a great job of bringing in some fantastic people here to the show. A lot of the, you know, we had Adam Rank on this week. We had Marcus Grant on. I don't know of anybody else on these other shows anywhere else on any other networks getting the kind of guests that we get, and I think that's just awesome, you know. And I and I think that the listeners are loving it too. I've heard a lot of positive buzz from everybody, and I don't like my chances against Marcus, but I promise I will do my best to uphold and retain my title. That's all I can say. <laughs> Do your best. Yeah, you did your best yesterday without me. I will say, quality work. Just, <laughs> just said, at your expense, that. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back. We're going to get into some of the preseason action. We have an update on Ezekiel Elliott for all those drafting this weekend and a hell of a lot more. It is Jake Seeley, Joe Pizapia here till 6 p.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. Westerner time. 
In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turn fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. put me in a good mood that's good you seem like you were cranky a little bit to start the show well look i don't know how i'm gonna make it to the heck of the football season let alone through the football season because i'm getting so annoyed at the twitter questions already like i haven't even gotten to the season yet because first of all one don't even think about asking me about who you're starting in week one just stop i'm not going to answer you i'm not i don't even answer people on monday of the week of the games because we still need to have monday finish we need waivers to run we need to get practice reports talk to me on wednesday wednesday's even a little bit too early I'll, but i'll answer you on wednesday stop with the monday nonsense stop with the two and a half weeks before the damn season even starts oh could you feel safe starting mixon over terrence west get just two play there's two preseason games we still have to play and then second of all is the asking me, oh, who should I take in the eighth round? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I gave up my mind reading abilities to be able to know who the hell's on your draft board at that point. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, oh by the way, I also want to just throw this out there, too, just so we could put this to bed. It was some of the callers calling in and giving you crap, too. Just wanted to put that out there. So it wasn't yeah, see, just okay, me, oh, well, I will know. say this. At, at first... I was ticked off when I heard that uh, uh, this person, Kelly, calls in and complains about talking about baseball. You know, God forbid I take eight minutes out of a two-hour show to talk about baseball. <laughs> it's stretch run. But no, no, no. But then I, I know who she – no, but she cleared up who she was. She's somebody who's been on the yeah. show before. She mentioned oh, with yeah. Nando Greg Sussman. So it's more acceptable because that's – I understand. That's what it was. It was she was having She's fun. She's one it wasn't, of our best callers here at the network it wasn't, on Sunday morning. It wasn't morning, a 100% so. legitimate complaint. That's what I'm saying. I understand. Yeah. I got, uh, all of it is – Slash break your balls, slash kind of a little bit of truth, slash just having fun. You know, by the way, do you enjoy our spelling bee with the Devontes yesterday? In case you miss it, you can listen on demand on the app. But uh, I did, but I'm also yeah. pretty disappointed in him. I don't know. I, I mean, think at one point, I think he just got on tilt because he couldn't remember which Devontae he wanted to spell at one time. <laughs> he did get the he did get all the main Devontes, though, and Devontas and Devontes. No, he missed Parker. He was, oh, he did miss Parker, but he got Booker, which is the tricky one, I think. I always think Devontae Booker is the tricky no, one. Well, you should, you should, no, you shouldn't miss Booker. Either. You shouldn't miss anybody who's fantasy relevant at this point. He, Scott, Scott disappointed me. You can't miss Devontae Parker. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> oh. You just made the list of not being on the show. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us. Tell us, how was, the, uh, how was the big soiree last night? How was the, uh, the uh, elbows and the, and the rubbing? Everybody, uh, everybody show up? What was it was like? good. I got, I got to, it was fun. We got to listen to um, mostly, it was a little bit of Miller, but mostly um, our boy. Well, now I'm just having a brain fart. See, this is what the thing. I wasn't ready to go to it. And now I can't think of his name. Why am I having a brain fart thinking about the freaking guy's name? The guy who oh, was there? Oh, Kenny Easley. 
Yeah, oh, Kenny yeah. Easley. Yeah, the Hall of Famer. So yeah. he was up Just there him. talking. Meanwhile, you get, you get on Bogman. He can't spell it Devante. You forgot the guy. You no, it's, it's just one of those things. I was about to say his name, and my brain had an aneurysm, right. a little blurb, and, you know, like the, the drive failed or whatever you want to call it. But Kenny Easley was up there for a while, and he said some interesting things, actually. He said that he's curious, or he doesn't actually think Cam Chancellor will ever be 100% again because he's been through an ankle injury and told us the whole gruesome ankle injury that he had while he was playing and how when they took off his wrapping and cleat, you could watch, he was watching his ankle literally blow up, like get bigger from the swelling. And for what Cam Chancellor just went through surgery-wise, he's not saying he's done. He was just saying he thinks that he's probably going to lose a little bit of a step. Maybe it's 90 95%, but he wouldn't be surprised. He would actually be surprised if he was the same Cam Chancellor we've always known. So that was interesting. And then when he was asked who he thinks the best defense in the NFC was, he act because it was he even the person hosting it, it was even kind of like, so the Seahawks, you know, who's the best defense in the NFC? It's got to be them, right? And he actually said the Cardinals. So I thought that was surprising too. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that were the most surprising from what he talked about. But then I felt like I ended up monopolizing the majority of the fantasy time because they did. They kept coming to me and people kept asking me questions and it was a good debate. As so you who could tell, I take in, uh, if it's no. this guy this guy? No, is that it? No. No, it, you could definitely t- this is see, and this is why I keep trying to hammer down everybody's throats on this very network, is there are a lot a percentage of our people who are up on the level of what we play. Very hardcore. They know players six, seven men down the depth chart. They know exactly what we mean when we throw out these the the the, uh, the short hand of like PPR super flat. Like they know what all this type of stuff means. You do still have a very large percentage who just play in your casual leagues. Play one or two, maybe three at the most. They play in ten teams. They play in ten teams with only two wide receivers. So I even did that last night. Uh, we were, they brought up the whole quarterback thing, and I brought up the fact they like a lot of them because they were saying so. Somebody like Aaron Rodgers, because the first, one of the first slides they threw up, Joe, and you'll know this, is they showed the top scores from 2016 at the top 25, and out of the top 25, nine quarterbacks, less wide receivers, less running backs, and zero tight ends. So, what do you think the the conversation was? Is well, when do you jump in on a quarterback and. You know, I have to explain what, like I said, the, the the average listener to us knows, but to them, not understanding that you just wait on quarterback and explain the difference. And then I said, this is why more people need to start playing in super flex leagues. And then I went, I was like, sorry if a lot of people don't know what that is. And, and then I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't mean to sound like you guys are stupid. I just and <laughs> then you wonder why yep. you get the crap. Yep. There you go. There you, you did it. You know, see, it's, and it's always a, it's coming from a good place. It's the choice of the verbiage. <laughs> I, so. I understand. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm hoping that, you know, I know John Lobb is John Lobb and I have been on this for a couple years now. And I was very I was actually happy that you were uh, a, a colleague here that endorsed this because it's hard to find some of those people that are pro super flex and especially those who are higher up in the analysis bracket of things and you are one of these people as well so i'm very happy that we are soulmates in this regard because i believe we need to be utilizing that quarterback position more and i feel like it's just gonna not only is it a a good wrinkle in most leagues but it solves so many issues it solves the issue of what do you do when you only have a 10 team league well you play two quarterbacks and that makes it more competitive and more interesting and more fun what do you do how do you mitigate some of the injury risk i know by the super flex and you involve more quarterbacks you have more scoring in the league and you're not necessarily dead when you lose that number one running back. You can still overcome it if you have great quarterback play. So it solves so many of the issues that people will complain about in their season-long fantasy football leagues, yet 
it's taking people, I think, a longer time or too long to really get to where it's becoming more of the quote unquote standard. And I, I'm glad we're making progress year over year. I can't tell you how many Superflex questions I've gotten. I've gotten so many more. I'm the probably the number one person of that proponent for this change. And it's nice to see at least even a small change in that direction. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. It's definitely something that needs to be coming. And it was a good it was a good discussion. It's nice to see the average person, the average person only plays in one or two leagues. The funny thing was is that they asked me, they said, how many leagues are you in? And I was estimating, as like I said, I think it's around, as of today, because I just did another draft last night, I said, I think it's around 22 or 23 now. Not oh, ref- I didn't, well, no, you see, not understanding that like nine or ten of them are best ball. So, But I didn't okay, get well, into that because I didn't want to. I didn't want to explain that, but you just heard, as soon as I said, <laughs> you idiots. 20, yeah, well, as soon as I said 22 or 23, you heard the, <gasps> are you like, you heard the, like, yeah, the well, I kind of like, like, gasp a little bit, but yeah, if half of them are best ball, that's different. And I'm, I'm right, fine with that. Are, I'm fine with, I, know, I got to do what I love to do, Joe. So here's a couple things. I got to reference band kickers. I got to reference, yes, stop buying all the risk. I got the all, reference. All this, relative so you played all the classics. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, you're stopping before I get to the best part. I got the reference relative to position value and say, go check out the fancy black book at Amazon.com. Oh, nice. I got to see if there was a spike last night after that. Probably not. <laughs> you, know, you know what, dude? But I love, I love when the band goes out there and plays some of the classics. Like the first time I saw Bruce, it was like the Rising album tour, and it was crap because I didn't get Born to Run or Thunder Road. I didn't get any of those. Uh, Sealy was on tour last night. He started the tour, and he played the classics. I love it. I love it, man. Yep. What was the encore? Wait, wait on your quarterback. Oh, oh, the encore. The encore was one of the people on the panel said, "I'm avoiding. I forget who it was because of his schedule." And that was the number one defense last year. And I was like, "Oh, I'm about to jump down your throat, dude." <laughs> 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 love it oh good times uh, that's good well you know I, look, yeah. and, and if you did listen to all the show yesterday i did give a nice little compliment there did i not about the, one of the hardest if not the hardest working man in show business which is you so yeah, you know i do appreciate it yeah, yeah for all the crap i'm gonna there. give you hey if i don't give and, you crap for, that's when you gotta worry <laughs> that's when you exactly worry. well that's and for your closest friends if they don't ever drop like you shoot jabs your way then that's when you're concerned uh that's right and i will if say this too stabbing you in the chest they're stabbing you in the back <laughs> so i'm gonna <laughs> exactly. be right in front of you Sealy. Dennis Roy, one of our most loyal followers. He, I, I do appreciate. It. I did listen to the show, and he treated out the gift. I didn't do nothing. Yeah, it was true. You, you didn't do anything. You were, you were a stand up. You didn't cause any hubbub. It's funny though. He did call as soon as you laugh. You know, you know why he's. <laughs> oh no, he actually called the other day with, with the two of us. He right, just called it the break. Yeah. that's what. No, Marty called the up other... yesterday. Yeah, Marty too. called Marty yesterday. in Canada, and he was like. What what's up? Why isn't Sealy follow me still? <laughs> and I said, dude, he's at that magic number. He's not at, he's not taking any more requests at this time. So no, I just don't I just don't follow Lehman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all in heel returns. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of returning after this break, Marcus Grant has been on the show before. He is going to return and join us to go head to head with Joe Pizapia. And some Friday fun time, game time. We'll see if you can defend that title, Joe. It's Jake Seeley, Joe Pizzapia on target. Ezekiel Elliott. Carl Anthony Towns. Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year. Much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Welcome back to On Target. Jake Seeley, Joe Pizapia, now join by one of my favorites in the business who I just shushed during the break, which is always a good way to bring on a guest. <laughs> Marcus Grant of NFL.com. Follow him at Marcus G. That's two A's in his Marcus. So make sure you follow him there, and you will be entertained one way or another. He's also a fan of Ultron, which I, I definitely like. Uh, and to answer your question during the break, I made his show. We did things together. I'm not going to answer. I'm not, I'm not putting the name out there. I don't want to do that. I'll just leave it at that. Wow. And he wonders, Marcus. He like, wonders like why never, he has the rep that he does. I, I feel like I never just get a straight intro when I'm on this show. There's always like something a little bit sideways. I mean, I, I, I dig it, but it's always something a little bit sideways when I come on this show. Yeah, you know what? Marcus deserves a better. Do it again, Seely. Give what him a ta- proper what are you talking intro. about do it again. Do it I said one of my favorites in the intro. industry. Like, no, I gave him a proper uh, intro. This is how we do intros on this show. If you want Lord. something more formal, go on a, be on a boring network. We're not. Boring. Oh, nice. <laughs> I see is, what you did there. This is why we have people like Marcus on because he's not boring. This is what is fun. This is what I like. And right. speaking of fun, he's going head to head. He's going to see if he can take the title from you in a little uh, game time today. It is very similar to what we did last week, Marcus. I have two different options for you. We're going to go back and forth. You can choose between two games. You got one which is Family Feud style, so you're going to be trying to name a list, or you can do a True and False, which there will be extra bonus points afterwards similar in a list version. So I'll let Joe go first because he's defending champion. All that, that has nothing to do with what you did, but it'll also give you a sense of everything. So you're ready by you get to, that time you get to your question. So Joe, do you want a list family feud style or do you want a true false? Uh, let's start with a true false. Let's, let's try to bang that one out first. All right. True false right. for yeah. quarterbacks with at least 400 attempts last year. Okay. Andrew Luck was under percentage the highest percent of the time. He was what? The highest percent of the time? Under, under pressure the highest oh, percentage pressure. of the time. Oh, man. I mean, I've, I feel like it's a trap because I want to say true, but the way you're asking, it's I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, it is true. It's yeah, 44.4% of the time. And he was actually second to Kessler, but Kessler only had 221 snaps. Kessler was under under 47.5% of the time. All right, so Marcus, this is where the second part comes in. Joe, can you name the next six in pressure uh, percentage? Eli Manning? Incorrect. Oh, come on. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, he was only at 29.5%. How many do I get before? Is it three? One more strike. One more strike, and then Mark can guess as many. Two strikes. Yep. What the hell is two strikes you're out? All right. It's always been two strikes on this version. Uh, I want to see the, the commissioner. All right. Um, <laughs> under pressure, as much as I uh, How about, uh, let's say Sam Bradford. That line wasn't very good. Incorrect. Okay. Two strikes right out of the gate. You did not get a Ooh. single one of the answers. Sam Bradford was at 33.1% of the time. Right. Yeah. All right. Crap. So you got one point. Marcus, you got a chance to steal these. We got six options. All of them are still on the board. Highest percentage of the time under pressure. At least 400 attempts. Uh, I'm going to go with Philip Rivers. 
Philip Rivers was number four. There's a point mm. for you. you can hey, all right. Going. Good, sir. Nice. Well done. Oh, I, oh, I can keep going. Okay. Yep. Uh, yes. Let's see. Who else? I'm trying to think of who else, who else had a, a, a poor offensive line last year. Um, had a poor offensive line plus 400 attempts. That's the part that uh, maybe is a little bit tricky. Uh, let's say let's say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was number three at 41.6. Wow. That's another point for you, well Marcus. Um, uh, let's see. Where else can we go? Uh, Blake Bortles? No, Blake Bortles did not make the list. There's ah, your strike. You got knocked out. 30, 32.7% of the time. The other four, <laughs> number two was Colin Kaepernick, who had over 400 attempts and was under pressure 42.4% of the time. Tyrod Taylor at 41%. Ryan Tannehill at 39.6%. And Brock Osweiler at 38.5% of the time. So here's the follow-up, and this is why we get some additional information here, Marcus. So the question is, you you actually took the name I was going to say, Joe. It's surprisingly enough. I was going to go way down and say Eli Manning actually had one of the best pass-blocking units in the league last year. They were terrible at run-blocking, but you see he was under pressure actually one, two, three, four, five, sixth least amount of time in the league last year at twenty-eight or 29.5%. So does that make you feel better than what the assumption is when it comes to the Giants offensive line and Eric Flowers? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, that's for me, I guess. Yeah, that was Marcus. <laughs> yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I Marcus. Yeah. You said Marcus yeah. at yeah, the no, beginning I, of it. <laughs> I said, this so, is what we do next, okay. Marcus. So, Joe, so go ahead, Marcus. All right, you're the guest. Go to Marcus. What the hell? No, I, I mean, I, I guess it does. What, 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 makes me, what makes me concerned more about Eli Manning was just watching him at the end of last year when it looked like he had lost some arm strength down the stretch. I mean, that, that is more concerning. Um, and the fact that they asked him to throw the football a lot. I mean, they pretty much spent... I feel like 95% of the time with him and three wide receiver sets and one running back. So, I mean, they are, they're putting a lot of strain on that right shoulder. And so, it, it, I don't know, I, I just worry whether or not he's going to have that same loss of arm strength once we hit, say, week eight or nine, and we start to see the velocity dip, we start to see you know, those balls flutter out there. That is what concerns me about Eli Manning. Joe? Yeah, I'll, I'll double up on that, too. I agree with everything that Marcus said there, plus – you know, it's funny when uh, the perception is we say all oh, the offensive line is bad, but you pointed out the idea that it's, you know, that it was the run defense. Uh, it's sort of the offensive line, excuse me, that was going to actually be the, the downfall there. The thing is, I, I, I look at Eli Manning when you watch him play. I just I hate the fact that he has so little lateral movement in the pocket. And I guess that's part of the perception, too, is I look at him as a statue back there. And I think that that's a problem. And I think that's going to continue to be a problem. Uh, and that running game, I just I'm still not buying Perkins and how that's all going to work out right now. It's just all kind of muddy. I don't think they've done enough to make a better situation. We talked about yesterday with Flowers. How do they not have a, a better backup plan heading into this year after last year? Yeah, they definitely lost that decision in the offseason. That's for sure. All right, Marcus, you want fancy feud list or do you want the true or false like you just had? Let's do true or false. That seems to be okay. All right, true or false. For quarterbacks with at least 400 attempts again, Prescott averaged the most time to throw. So basically, but drop back the time before he threw the ball. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with true. It is false. Mm. He had oh. two. 
2.89 seconds between drop back and throw. There were four quarterbacks ahead of him. Actually, technically, one is tied. Can you name any of the four? Okay, well, if he's not number one, I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go Derek Carr. Derek Carr is also incorrect. Quick strike out of the gate. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Derek so then... Carr was actually 25th, so you know. Whoa. Way down the list. Holy hat. Wow. That's amazing. Look at this. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> okay, so then. Well, all right, before, hold on. Before you guess again, just remember, this is just time to throw. That doesn't mean it's under pressure. Like, so if he decides to make a quick throw, it's still it's this average time just before he decides to throw the ball. Huh. All right, so I'm trying to think who else could stand back there sort of like a statue and look around. Um, well, let's go with uh, let's go Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, number two, 3.02 seconds. Because he makes his own time, too. Yep, there's one in front of him, and there's still two more. So one in front, two behind Um, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so this is is time to throw and not necessarily under pressure. So then let's go Russell Wilson. No, Russell Wilson is not there. Russell Wilson was 15th. But you still got a point out of okay. it, Joe. You know, it's funny you, you said Wilson because I was thinking about that, and like he was in he was in the last conversation too. And I went, wouldn't that be funny <clears throat> if he was one of the most pressured in terms of that, and then also <laughs> the most the time most because time. he's making his own time. That would have been a fascinating stat. Uh, it's got to be. I mean, Tom Brady's got to be on there, right? No, he is not on there. Oh, Tom Brady is twenty eighth. <laughs> a lot, a lot of wow. quick throws. Well, yeah, I guess he just gets. Wow, so who's on so the fourth? It's got to be like guys who are statues who don't get burned of the ball get, right away. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. Guess one more. Uh, one more. 400 pass attempt. Is Cousins on there? No, it's not Cousins. All right. The other people. Number Who's one. On this list? <laughs> Seriously. Ty- Tyrod Taylor at 3.35. Okay, he's, he's rolling out every play to throw the ball. That's why. Number three. Still unsigned, Colin Kaepernick on both lists at 2.92. Wow. <laughs> and then Jameis Winston tied at 2.89. Andrew Luck just missed being right behind him at 2.88. I'm going to go back to Tyrod Taylor. For the fact that he doesn't look comfortable in this offense and this Denison situation so far, Marcus, and people are now starting to get concerned, does this help you a little bit in the fact that, like, all right, he might figure things out by week four or five, because if you remember a couple of years ago with Eli Manning, that was the argument for moving under McAdoo. It was like, don't expect great numbers from Manning until the middle of that season. If you watch that season, that's pretty much what happened. And Tyrod Taylor, with his ability to do this 3.35 and extend the plays, a 30-second answer, unfortunately, because we got to hit a break. But does this make you feel a little bit better about waiting on Taylor this year? No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, I mean, no, man. Like, I mean, look, he's still... He's rolling into the season. His top two wide receivers are a rookie who's being converted from the slot to the outside and a tall, semi-underperforming slot receiver who hasn't really been on the field because he's been dealing with an injury. So, you know, yeah, the offense is concerning, but also the fact that he doesn't know, he doesn't have a real rapport with his receivers. That, that worries me also. I agree with Marcus on that one, too. I just, you know, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks last year in DFS. This year, I'm probably not touching him. All right, we're going to hit a break here. We're going to come back. Marcus has had a three-to-one lead on you, Joe. You might be going down. It is a fun Friday on On Target. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jake Seeley, Joe Pizzapia, and Marcus Grant joining us.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to On Target. Jake Seeley, Joe Pizapia, special guest, Marcus Grant of NFL.com. Follow him at Marcus G. That's with two A's. He's got the early lead in our fun Friday game. Three to one over Joe. Yeah, Marcus, you a fan of our... Hey, wait a minute. Wait, I'm, 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 I, oh, well, okay. first off, I was going to ask, is this like some sort of like uh, kind of bootleg Legend of Zelda music we're listening to? But No, that's Mario RPG. The other thing that, okay, all right. Um, the yeah. thing that worries me is that like, as... as as a lifelong Golden State Warriors fan, that fact that I have a 3-1 lead makes me a little bit concerned. Oh, now I feel even better about being behind. Uh, All right, let's do it. Touche, <laughs> sir. All right, well, Joe, do you want true or false or a list, the fantasy feud style? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up here. I'm going to change the mojo. Let's go feud. Family Fam- feud. Fantasy feud? All right. Fantasy feud. Let's do it. Let me move over to that one. And get it? Right. That one. You like that? Yeah. Well, let me get over to yeah. that one. Yeah, very fantastic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is the top eight answers are on the board. All right. Top eight wide receivers in yards after catch percentage of their total yards. So, no. It's, oh, I thought you were about to, I thought wow. that was you about to say something. <laughs> no, it's I'm just basically. Silly, but I'm not that good. I can't. I can't no, it's who had the, the highest percentage of their yardage total attributed to yards after catch. So this is basically your playmakers after the catch. All right, playmakers after the catch. Most. They have to have... Yeah, I know. It, I get, I get well, the idea. I'm just thinking. The, you know, okay, no, I'm going to tell you. I was also going to tell you something. They have to have okay. at least 70 receptacles. They have to have qualified. All right. Gosh, you know, I, I got to hope Antonio Brown is high on this list. So let's go Brown. Antonio Brown would have been a nice, easy answer, but it is incorrect. He's not even on the list? Nope. Not top eight <laughs> at Kill all. Kill me now. God. He is not there. Well, here you go, Marcus. Wide open. <laughs> no, you, you got you got another one. You got another strike still. Oh, I get another one? Oh, I thought it was yeah. like I lose control of the board no. kind of thing. No, no, no. All Antonio right. Brown uh, was actually one, two, three, three. He was 15. All right. Guys wow. went their own way. All right. Um, hmm. like how, about your, how about your boyfriend, Michael Thomas? Is he on the list? <laughs> Michael Thomas was number four. Forty-two and a half percent of his yards came oh. after the catch. That's pretty impressive, right there. Um, hmm, let's see. After the catch, let's see. Let's see. Most percentage of the yards. So it doesn't even to be a lot. <laughs> oh, you got um, the ding. <laughs> ding. Thank you. I like the ding. It makes me feel good about myself. Uh, phrasing. Somebody like uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is incorrect. All right. So two sh- that was a good guess, actually. I, I, I would have I would have thought that. You now thought I feel that better as well. about being wrong. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you. Uh, Marcus, he left seven answers on the board for you. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. God, there's a three strike. All right, I'm gonna the, the, the first uh, the first name I'm gonna go with is Old Miss Hate. And it will be the first person on the list. Fifty-seven point five percent of his yards came after the catch. That is insane. All right. Um, show me Julio Jones. 
Julio Jones, I will show you, is incorrect in the middle of the pack at 26th. All right, one yeah, more, Marcus. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that one I wasn't. One more, huh? Yep. Um, how about? Oof, man. Um, go Stefan Diggs. Oh, Stefan Diggs, good guess, but he is 13. Number uh, two is Jarvis somebody, Landry. Yeah, I was going to say number it's like Edelman and Landry and these guys, right? Number three is Edelman. Edelman. Number, I knew it was going to be Edelman. Oh, God, number so four was Thomas. Number five was Mike Wallace. Six, Doug really? Baldwin. Yep. Seven, Tyrell Williams. And eight, Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah, see, I was afraid of Odell huh. for the same reason as Julio. Marcus, you're up four to two. We've got the music in the background, so we're going to stick with this. You're going to stick with yeah, the music. Yeah, let's stay with it. You don't, yeah, you don't have a choice here. All right. So yours is the top eight tight ends last year and lowest drop percentage. Ooh, lowest drop percentage. Okay. Is there a qualifier? Um, wait, wait. A qualifier here before I am? <laughs> yeah, they have to qualify. Same All thing. Right. They just have to got qualify. Okay. This, I think tight ends qualify. I think it's... No, I just want to know if you had, like, an extra quality. Uh, it is 40, 45 plus receptions. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, go. Let's go Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is incorrect. I need to find oh, I don't Really? Think that, wait, did he not qualify? Did he not touch in the passes? I think that oh. might be it. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't qualify. Well, he only had 36 receptions. Okay, let's go. So there you go. Didn't qualify. Let's, let's go Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait was number five. He only nice. dropped 3.4% of his passes. Two drops. Okay. Um, where else can we go? Who has good hands at the time? Uh, let's say Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey does not have good hands. Ooh. He has decent hands. Wow. Dropped six balls wow. out of 91 catchable passes for a 6.6 drop rate. You got hmm. one point, wow. so you've got you've got a lot of answers up here for you, Joe. Steele. Uh, I know back I need this. them all. All right, how about Zach Ertz? <laughs> I know he catches everything, but I don't know if he does. Like Zach Ertz is down. number three, two drops right. and eighty catchable, two point five. All right, so Ertz is on there. Um, hmm. I got another one, but I don't think. Oh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten is number seven, three drops and seventy-two catchable balls, four point two. All right. Uh oh, one behind Marcus. Uh, gosh, I don't know if he qualifies. So. All right, I'm gonna. I have one that I'm not sure if he qualifies, so I'm gonna. I'll, I'll ask. I'll put it out there anyway. Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett did qualify. He is number six. Yeah. Tied it up. <laughs> feeling that, Steph Curry? Are you feeling it? <laughs> <laughs> you still have four more. I mean, you could pull ahead with this before you get your strike and knocked uh, out, Joe. How about Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham, there's your strike. Nope, sorry. Right. Jimmy right. Graham was yeah, not on the list. Me. You're the worst. <laughs> right. he, was, he had six drop passes and 71 catch. Well, he's actually 16th. Number one, Jordan Reed, one Wait, drop. how many strikes do I have? I only have one. This is a steal. This is this family feud. Family oh, feud. I thought Things I got like two strikes on the steal. So All right, Jordan Reed, one drop. Greg Olson, number two, with two drops. Four was Zach Miller with only one in his 48. Hmm. Oh. Jason Witten, you said. And then number eight was Jack Doyle. Oh. 
And that's where I'm going with this question. I don't know if you guys heard, but yesterday, beat, yeah, beat reporter for them said, not only do you need to worry about that, because that's a good thing. It's, let's talk about the other side of it. He's such a good blocker that it will see more Eric Swoop in the passing game than Jack Doyle. Marcus, I've been saying all along that people were going to curse Eric Swoop's name just like they did Doyle's last name for the Allen owners, but I wasn't thinking it was going to go this far. Are you buying into this that we might just say forget drafting Jack Doyle altogether? I'm not buying that. Um, I, I think actually if, if we are going to see Scott Tolzien for the first couple weeks of the season, I think that helps Jack Doyle because you've got that, you know, I hate to say, you know, the whole like young quarterback or backup quarterback and the tight end security blanket, but I think if it's Scott Tolzien, having that guy in the middle of the field who can consistently make plays is going to be a big deal. So I don't know. I, I don't know that, that Scott Tolzien or whoever else is playing quarterback there is going to get me off Jack Doyle. Well, right, I think Marcus enough. is much smarter than me, but I'll tell you right now, I couldn't disagree more because I think it's a great theory, but <laughs> I, I want to see Tolzien do it in practice. Theoretically, I don't think Marcus could be more right, but in practice, it scares the hell out of me. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying shares in season long at Doyle. DFS I mean, look, maybe, but oh, not season long. Oh, I would say this overall, the lack of Andrew Luck scares me off of any Colts whatsoever. Like I, I, I hate to say that Frank Gore could go south this year, but... With no Andrew Luck and a bad offensive line, this might be the last we see of Frank Gore as a serviceable fantasy option. Yeah, that's very true. I say, look, I'm definitely concerned about this one. All right, last one. This one's going back and forth. This is our final category. This isn't one for either of you, but we're going to start with you, Joe, because since we're going around. All right. right. So we know the last Bengals playoff win is 1990. They've had the longest drought. Since then, there have been nine AFC teams that were Super Bowl representatives so AFC champions name one and we're going to go back and forth Patriots all right of course how many times for a bonus point since what year 92 since 90 nine incorrect eight Marcus (laughs) name a team uh oh Steelers picking 85 in my head sorry Steelers is correct of course and how many times did they make it um, three, four, both missed the bonus point so far. <laughs> All right, Joe, back to you. Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, correct. How many times? Uh, in what year? 92. Okay. 90. Uh, Stop saying 92. Oh, 90. It's 90. I don't 90. know why I keep thinking 92. 90. <laughs> 90, 90. Uh, <laughs> Hurry up, quickly. Three, four, five, six. No. Four. Marcus, back to you. Baltimore Ravens. Yes. How many times? Two. Correct. Bonus point. Uh oh, Joe. Pressure on. Name a team. Uh, team AFC. Um. Got about a minute. Hurry. I know. I just keep seeing Patriots in my head. Stop going to me. You're pressuring me. I'm gonna (laughs) lose anyway. Uh. Damn it. Now I'm frozen. Um. Crap. I, I don't know why I've frozen up now. I can't. I can't think of anybody except Broncos, <laughs> Steelers, and Pats in the last one. Uh, guess God, God, give it to Marcus. No, all right, Marcus, go ahead. You can name another one. Is this like yeah. the spelling bee where I have to get one more right to win this thing? Uh, no, you're in the lead. Chargers is correct. How many times for the Chargers? Oh, right. Once. Also correct. Joe, last chance here. No, my brain's just completely frozen right now. I'm completely on tilt. It's a terrible. <laughs> all right. Well, you could, you all right, could have all said right. Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. There you go. How I many Raiders? 
Once. How many times? Once. Correct. You still lose. Marcus Grant is the champion. You could have said Bills three times, Titans once, and the Colts twice. Marcus Grant, follow him at Marcus G. He is the champion this fun Friday. You can follow him at NFL.com for all his great work. He's actually live right now in two places at once. We love you, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, guys. Later, brother. All right, we're going to hit a break. We're going to come back. It is Jake Seeley, GOP Zapia on Target, Fantasy Sports Radio Network on a fun Friday. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Welcome back to On Target. Jake Seeley, Joe Pizzapia. We're here until 6 o'clock on the East Coast, 3 p.m. for you Westerners. DFS lineup lock show. Follow us next. Need help with fantasy football. And in addition to what we talk about every single day, rotoexperts.com, exclusive edge package. Head over there now. Exclusive updates and rankings and projections are going to come tonight or be coming, I should say, tonight or tomorrow for you guys if you're drafting this weekend to get you prepared and ready. Put in the code Jakey Jakey, you get a discount, you don't pay full price, as well as understanding what RPV is and how that can swing your league, man. I'm telling you, whether it's fantasy baseball or fantasy football, but the number one selling fantasy football book, the fantasy black book by Joe Pizzapia on Amazon.com right now. Our good friend Dennis Roy probably gave us one of the things I've laughed at the most ever on this show, I have to say. <laughs> which, which that is the, uh, the one that he I mean, just tweeted on, from yeah, me answering a question to the audience at the Virginia Sports <laughs> Hall of Fame last night. Was That's really well done, Dennis. I will say touche, sir. <laughs> you deserve that's a so shout-out for that. If you want to follow oh. Dennis, you can see what I just retweeted, or you can just follow him at RoyDog, D-A-W-G underscore 13, because you deserve a shout-out shout for that. I will say. It was can very you well make done. that your new like Twitter uh, wallpaper or whatever? <laughs> like, Abby? On your, uh, oh, wallpaper? In the avatar, make it on the no, wallpaper no, no. on the top. All right, so here's something amazing. you have to understand, Joe, is like when you get verified. So you know. Oh. <laughs> See, I said it like that. Oh, yeah. Was gonna uh, do tell no me matter more. what. No, what, what was, no matter what I said, it was going to sound condescending. When you get verified, <laughs> so you, you have to have like okay. You have to have like uh-huh. a work background type of thing. Like you have to have some type of. Mm. You can't just have random color or some random picture. I mean, oh, I could probably change it at this point, but I don't want to risk it. I don't want to. I don't want to change. Working. It. It's very well All done. Right. I gave him his credit. Verified. His credit. His credit is due. Zeke update, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah, no, it's it's real quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But the person proceeding over the hearing has disallowed the woman from showing up, the accuser, which to me 
look, wherever you stand on this is wherever you stand. And I think the NFL should take a huge stand against domestic violence. At the same time, this being judge, jury, and executioner and going this far to say, we're not going to let the person who's in deep question of her credibility and for the fact that she's been accused of coming up with this just to blackmail him, and you're not going to hear her? That's absurd to me. Like, I, I don't care if he doesn't get they, – they, they've already got carte blanche by saying the conduct policy. They, they, you know, they could just say he deserves six games for the conduct policy. It's not actually domestic violence. So they already have that. To not even hear this woman to, go, to be able to cross-examine and put her on her spot and prove that she's been lying about this stuff, that's absurd to me. I can't disagree with you, but at the same time, this is the NFL. I mean, the NFL doesn't care. They don't care. And I understand, well, whatever the arbitrator, whoever is here in this case, look, you got to realize that they're making a stance here and they are trying to somehow, it's like, you know, you're trying to make up for the sins of the past by somehow maybe over punishing or punishing people possibly improperly or not to the correct extent. If indeed what, you know, there's been alluding to is true that she, you know, was trying to blackmail him or whatever the situation is. But the NFL doesn't care. They've already taken a hit on this on a lot of fronts. They're going to stand and let this be a lesson to all the players out there too right now because you need to figure this out. And I understand football is a violent game and a lot of these guys are violent dudes and you want them to flip that switch when they go home and not be that person or when they go walk out in the real world out of that tunnel somewhere else and they're you know all of a sudden just excellent citizens. And it's asking a lot. It is. It's a tricky thing. And I think what now you have to do is you have to understand who you're hanging out with at all times, where you are, and surround yourself with good people who are going to take care of you and as opposed to people who are going to be in question. And I think that goes back to parents and coaching as well as making sure this stuff is ingrained all the way along the way and not just caring about the next dollar or the next thing that makes you famous or whatever it may be. So 100% right. We're going to come back. Hour number two of On Target is coming up. Lots of fancy football news we got to get into to get you ready for this draft weekend, so stay tuned.